0: I am Edwin K. Morris, president and founder of Pioneer Knowledge Services, America's first knowledge management nonprofit. This program, because you need to know, is part of our mission to educate and bring awareness around knowledge management. Kelly Dodd has worked with 211 Western New York since its launch in 2007. At first, as a program of the Central Referral Service, and now with the Olmstead Center for Sight. As a result of a merger, of Central Referral Service into Olmsted. She is concerned with access to services, especially for low-income or disadvantaged populations. Kelly serves on the board of the New York State Affiliate of the Alliance of Information and Referral Systems, NISARS, and the Western New York Coalition for the Homeless. Kelly volunteers with the Free Tax Preparation Network and has also volunteered as a citizenship tutor with Journeys End Refugee Services. She credits her mother for her awareness of social justice issues. What does nonprofit work mean to you?
1: Um, nonprofit work fills the gap the need in the community between what government and, and private sector don't don't provide. And it's a pretty big gap in our community. There's a lot of need out there.
0: Do you see that as a national? Do you see it? On the same level, nationally, locally, regionally, where, where do you see the greatest need?
1: I, th- I think there's need in all areas of our community. It's not always the same need, but it's all, it's not always divergent. If you look at transportation issues, for example, while there is a, an existing transportation infrastructure in the urban center like Buffalo or Niagara Falls, um, it's an expensive one. Uh, and it's not always meeting the needs of the people who, who need it most. And then if you take transportation in the rural communities, it's a different challenge there. The infrastructure isn't the same. There isn't the same capacity to provide a public response to that need. So nonprofits and, and kind of informal, uh, informal solutions are developed around that. Or not developed.
0: Now, let's tie that into what 211 brings to the table. Do you see any gaps 211 could facilitate or add on to? Uh, and before we answer that, please explain what 211 is.
1: Sure. 211 um, is uh, three digit dialing for health and human services. So, uh, someone can pick up the phone and dial 211, just like they would dial 911 or 411, and get connected to an information and referral specialist who's going to help them identify the needs and then refer them to the agencies or services in the community that meet those needs. So, the ability to do that is based on um, an extensive database of health and human services that are available in seven counties in western New York. 211 uh, is a national mo- an international model. Uh, about 93% of the population in the United States has access to 211 services. Uh, 100% of the population of New York State has access to 211 services. So, that, that database of health and human services, government agencies, nonprofits, is really um, it's an, it's a picture of what is available in an area. So it's a, it's a great tool to do a gap analysis because not only are we providing referrals to those services in the area, but we're also tracking the needs of the callers. So we can identify what the needs are of the constituents versus what resources are available and use that to identify gaps in, in the human service sector.
0: So your organization covers seven counties?
1: We do. We cover all of the counties of western New York, with the exception of Allegheny County, which is covered by the 211 of the Finger Lakes.
0: Well, how long has that been in play here in western New York?
1: So um, a long, long time ago, there was um, a study done in about 1985 by the UB School of Management, sponsored by the Junior League of Buffalo. And the the basic question that the study was looking at was, do people know what services are available in their community? And it turned out that about 80% of the people surveyed had no idea what was available, services um, that would help them in their day-to-day lives, services that um, in a lot of ways they were already paying for with tax dollars. Uh, So it was decided back in 1985 that the the solution for this problem, this um, knowledge gap, was to create a database of the services that are available, link that to a phone number so that people could call and ask those questions or find out what resources were available. So that was uh, how Central Referral Service was uh, started back in the mid 80s. In around 2003, 211 came to New York State as an idea. um, And 211 of New York designated uh, Central Referral Service as the 211 provider for Western New York. Um, It took some time. And some support from the Oshai Foundation to get 211 launched in Western New York. So, in about 2007, 211 uh, was launched in Western New York. So that was um, the first time the three-digit phone number was actually available for constituents to call and get services. Um, initially, we covered five counties of Western New York. So that was Erie, Niagara, Wyoming, Cattaraugus, and Chautauqua County. Um, Recently, we've been able to expand into Genesee and Orleans County.
0: So what do you see as the top three items people are looking for?
1: Consistently, about 30% 30 plus of our calls are for basic needs. So that's food, clothing, shelter, transportation, Um, We also get a lot of calls um, during the holidays for holiday assistance. So um, in part, that's because of our our role as um, the administrator of the Western New York Holiday Partnership. Uh, And that's a collaborative of about 30 agencies working together to provide um, food and toys to low-income families during the holidays. Um, Working together, they're able to create a... um, a shared client database so that there isn't duplication of effort and services, which really allows us to leverage those assets to reach the most number of people in need. Also, a great program that we are able to promote um, through the United Ways is the, the VITA program, which is the Volunteer Income Tax Assistance Program. So we get a lot of calls for these two programs um, volunteer Income Tax Assistance provides free tax prep services to um, low to moderate income families. So that's anyone who made less than $50,000 household a year. So that's most of Western New York. So it's not just um, for low income, 211 is not just for low income or poor people, it's for everyone. We can connect people to services in the community, rich or poor, uh, recreation services, to food pantries, to um, elder care services. So it goes across the spectrum.
0: So it ends up being a representation of many facets of the environment and, mm-hmm. and environment. I mean, the, the landscape of the region. So it's like you say, it's, it's for everyone. So based on the everyone model, mm-hmm. what do you see as a way that this could be expanded or improved on?
1: Well, certainly um two on one is underutilized. Um, as a representation of the population, we only get about 30,000 calls a year. So um, we know that the greater Western New York population is well over a million. So we're not serving all of the people that we could be serving. We also are only able to be as reflective of the community of people who, who call us. So for those that don't know about this resource, we're also, we also don't know about them. So we can't tell what their needs are. In the community. Uh, so, really, just expanding awareness of 211 as a resource in the community and the ability of 211 to connect people in need to services that are going to help them, I think could be pretty transformative to our area.
0: Going back to the 80s, when the first research was done to survey and identify this gap, mm-hmm. has there been complementary or additional surveys to find and tweak the model beyond that time?
1: Uh, Not that I know of locally, and that's certainly an opportunity. Um, The OSHAI Foundation has recently um, sponsored what's called the Mobile Safety Net Team, which did go into communities and do research on what's available in the communities and what the needs are in the communities. Um, And we are working together to um, relink those two services so that Um, 2-on-1 is strengthened by the research that was done by those teams. But on a a broader regional level, I don't know that that research has been done. So that's certainly something we could look at.
0: Based on that and not knowing exactly what could be done uh, for sure, you've already mentioned that it's not just for a specific demographic. Mm -hmm. So then we could actually look that this could be an economic uh, driver. This could add a level of understanding of a region uh, based on whatever we the 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 model is to collect or represent the information that's resident here in Western New York, you're you're telling me that there's an opportunity here for uh, making this a deeper and wider understanding and data system that could add a, a slice of value that's not here yet. So my question is: is if this is a, you say an international program? So are there different regions that have different data sets internationally that are maybe not represented here that could be?
1: So there's there's 2 and ones that cover different parts of the country. Some of them are are statewide, so it's a single system across an entire state. Um, And some of them are, there are some in Canada as well. Um, and, but, but primarily, as far as the 211s go, they're, they're covering similar things. Um, 211 is, is a consistent service across um, regions. However, different um, 211 is typically an underfunded resource. So, uh, having that data asset already available and in place, um, different 211 re- programs uh, create other kinds of uh, specialized databases to kind of supplement. The uh, 211 service. So, one thing that we have in Western New York is um, DD InfoLink. So, this is a specialized data set of services for people with developmental disabilities. So, we do a, a deeper dive into that area of services um, for that community. I know there's another 211, I believe in the Finger Lakes area, that they have a contract to provide um, mobility services. So, they look at transportation needs and how to. Um, meet the transportation needs in their more rural community through different unique uh, solutions. So, yeah, across the country, there are different kinds of um, specialized data sets that that are developed from start with using 211 as a starting point. So, mm-hmm. that's certainly something we're looking at here. Um, we've been in talks with folks um, who are doing the district planning, and that's part of the whole Medicaid redesign. Um, and we're looking at expanding our health and wellness programs with their support so that people who maybe need to um, access something as simple as a free Zumba class can call 2-1-1 and not just find out who provides recreation programs, but who provides Zumba classes that are free at what time. So um, being able to index and, and keep up-to-date information at that granular level is um, it's not easy, <laughs> as you can imagine. So uh, currently we have two full-time resource specialists who are constantly updating our database, reaching out to those um, service providers, updating their information, scouring the newspapers and websites for new services. But um, yeah, those are some of the things that we do um, as far as creating more in-depth data sets to support the 2 on one service.
0: Well, that sounds like a lot. <laughs> it
1: certainly is.
0: So... Where do you see this going in five years?
1: I think there's a lot of opportunity for um, uh, more technology solutions. So um, in five years, I'm sure we will have a more uh, a 2 on one app so that on your mobile phone you can just um, pull up and press the app and maybe see what's specifically around you, you where you're standing. Um, I, I can see some... Some increases in that technology, as well as uh, the chat chat technology or um, SMS technology to find services. Um, I, I can also see 2-1-1 being used more for um, planning, needs analysis, gap analysis, those kinds of things. I think there's a, a big a big future. I can see 2-1-1 in a doctor's office, so that the doctor does your annual physical and. Um, you know, identifies a need for you to go to a chronic disease management class like diabetes management and they just pull up the 2-1-1 app and, and can provide something to that patient so that they can start managing their wellness better.
0: That sounds like a fabulous idea. <laughs> so everything you're telling me here sounds to me like the building blocks for what's called a knowledge index. Uh, A knowledge index is a way to understand a region, municipality, that gives a lot of data and understanding and has done the gap analysis to see what's being missed Mm -hmm. uh, to create a knowledge index uh, that is reflective of actually a knowledge economy. So these are all movements. What you're saying is, is that uh, and from my view, that in a knowledge management world or a knowledge ecosystem, uh, these are all going to be relevant things that people will come to expect, just like cell towers being uh, to have coverage, uh, roads to have lights. Uh, you know, things that are just normal. See now, had to start somewhere, and I think we're at a bridge point uh, in convergence of need and understanding to uh, actual applications that have merit and use. Um, So you've talked to me about how many phone calls you get. So what's the big driver um, for information sought? Is it the phone system or is it the web source? And are they the same?
1: Um, No, I don't think they are the same. So we do get a lot, a lot, a lot of traffic on our website. Um, who is that? I think it's more professionals in the field, social workers, discharge planners, people at other nonprofits that know about us and utilize our services and our, our shared free information. They're able to capitalize on that and actually redirect um, their resources away from keeping those kinds of databases themselves and, and, and actually provisioning services. So instead of having someone update database for, I don't know, twice a month or whatever, that person can actually provide services to the community or have their skills redirected. So um, I think the people who call us are usually um, people in the community who need help, which is not to say that someone from um, an insurance company doesn't call us to find services for their clients, too, because that certainly happens. Um, and, And I think that's a good tool, too, because... If um, providers showing their clients how they can access services themselves really gives them the tools so that when they're not receiving services anymore, they still know how to access or reconnect back to services in the community. It empowers them to direct their own needs.
0: So do you think there's a educational piece that's missing in the awareness for the public? I mean, if you're talking the numbers, mm-hmm. and I'm not a mathematician, but I'm going to guess by roughly that you're saying about 5% of the western new york population mm-hmm. uses 211 mm-hmm.
1: is yeah, I, there's a huge need for a public awareness campaign about 2 one And it's really, um, I think, getting those providers and those that already understand the value of 2 one to share it with their clients. Um, we can only explain it so much, but they can actually demonstrate the value of it. So, um, yeah, I would, I would love to be able to expand it more. And create more knowledge around what 211 is and how how it creates efficiencies in the community and how it really can connect people to services and how utilizing it um, be- while a need is, is is in its genesis rather than when the need becomes a crisis is is so much more effective for that family or that person as well as for the community because addressing needs when they start usually costs less than addressing needs when they're at a crisis or point.
0: Mm-hmm. Can you explain to me what knowledge management is?
1: Um, so I would say that knowledge management would be um, knowing what you have and sharing it with those that are gonna are going to capitalize on it the best. So um, I know a lot about services in the communities, and I want to share it with those so that they can um, capitalize on it and um, make the most out of what I know and what we as a community now know.
0: All right. So what you're saying is, and what I'm hearing you say is that that's a definition of a knowledge economy because you kept saying to capitalize and to utilize and to, so there's a value there that's inherent in the knowledge being shared Mm -hmm. and it maximizes the opportunity based on the user's need.
1: Sure. I mean, look at when a company decides where to um, relocate its offices. They're going to look at the community and see what's available there. So 2-1-1 provides an opportunity to say, look at what's available here. You can relocate here and you can have all kinds of employees at different pay scales and there's all kinds of services available to them that are going to keep them stable in the community and not um, not have family crises. And if there are, they can be addressed and, and that can make more stable workforce for you.
0: I like the way you think. <laughs> So, if you were going to leave a statement that you always like to say, or is your your thing to to leave the room with, what would that be here for us today?
1: Um, So, this is something I borrowed from a two one one colleague. But um, burning building, call nine one one. Burning question, call two one one.
0: Very good. (laughs) Well, thank you very much for your time today. It's been enjoyable. Thanks, Edwin. This program, because you need to know, brings people and their knowledge forward to be shared. I am Edwin K. Morse, and I thank you for joining in to listen to another conversation brought to you as a public service of Pioneer Knowledge Services, a nonprofit, tax exempt organization with a charitable purpose. Help us provide knowledge work at www.pioneer ks.org.